Greetings and welcome back to Mishnah Yomit, the study program sponsored by the Orthodox Union, hosted here at OU.org. In each one of these short podcasts, we study two Mishnayot following the international calendar of the Mishnah Yomit. And today, our Mishnayot are Perek Dalad of Masachek Tubot, Mishnah Vav and Mishnah Zayin. Uh, <clears throat> my name is Yitzhak Et Shalom, and it's been a delight to study Ketubot with you so far. And we have quite a ways to go, and quite an interesting ways to go. Uh, continuing with the issue of the father's rights over his daughter financially, on the other hand, the father is not obligated to feed his daughter. Very famous story about Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, in the Bavli, about him being hoisted to the position of uh, Rosh Sanhedrin, and uh, he had the following drasha. Habanim Now this is a unique piece because it's a drasha not on a pasuk as we normally see or even on a somewhat traditional text like Ben Sira but on a rabbinic text. And what's his drasha? Ma banim yoshin el So the phrase is that and we'll see it later in the Mishnah Habanim izonu The sons inherit and the girls get fed. This is what happens when you have a normal case and, an, and a wealthy enough estate to take care of the kids. So what's the compare? What's the analogy? Just like the children, the sons do not inherit until father dies. And the girls are only fed after father dies. This is not to say that father shouldn't feed his daughters. Of course he should. He does not have a financial obligation and therefore they do not have recourse to come back at him to, uh, to take care of their mezonot. Mishnah Zayin. Now, from here to the end of the parak, and really into the next parak, we're going to deal with the essentials of what a ketubah is. Uh, that document that's given by the chatan to his kalah on the day of the wedding, uh, and uh, which uh, guarantees her all of the security which has been built into the ketubah. And the, the reality is that there are many, many other components of the ketubah which are not necessarily written in, but are assumed, sort of what we might call the spirit of the contract. So the first one is the essential ketubah. Look at tabla ketubah. Let's say he didn't write a ketubah. Tula govam matayim v'amanam maneh. So a guy didn't write a ketubah, and then divorced her, or died. If she's a betula, she collects 200. Meshu t'nai beitin. That's the condition of the beitin. Meaning, you get married, you chayav in a ketubah, whether you write it or not. Then you have to wonder why do we make such a big deal about writing a ketubah and handing it over and making sure not to lose it. That's something we dealt with a little bit in the next parak. Let's say that he wrote, instead of the 200 zoos that I'm putting into the Ketubah, I'm committing to this particular field, but it's only worth half that. And he did not write the line, which we all have in our Ketubot. Any property I have is a guarantee to paying your Ketubah. He's still Chayav in the match. Because again, that is a Tanai Beitin. In other words, uh, even if he doesn't explicitly say, any property that I have is a uh, guarantor towards the Ketubah, it is nonetheless, because that is Tanai Beitin. Okay, we'll pause at this point, we'll pick it up in the next two Mishnayot in our next podcast. In time, we should have a wonderful day.